your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 685 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today, we got a lot to do like we always do here on Locked On New York Rangers. Going to have some final thoughts for what was obviously a very successful opening night performance by the New York Rangers going out there, beating the three-time defending Eastern Conference champion Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 3-1, to one, and basically dominating the game uh, pretty much from the start till the end. I mean, yeah, Tampa had a couple of pushes every now and then, and Vasilevsky was very good, but for the most part, I thought the Rangers basically were skating circles around Tampa, so we're going to have a couple other talking points from that. I also want to talk about uh, Jared Tenorti and Julian Gauthier each being placed on waivers. Uh, we mentioned it briefly when it happened. But since we talked about it, uh, Jared Tenorti was actually claimed on waivers uh, by the Chicago Blackhawks, and uh, Julian Gauthier cleared and will now head to the Hartford Wolfpack. And like I said, just want to talk about that in a little bit greater detail uh, now that we have some finality with that situation there. And uh, also going to look ahead to Thursday night's game uh, against the Minnesota Wild. The Rangers will have their road opener, and uh, for Minnesota, it's actually their first game of the season. So very, very curious to see how that one plays out. Uh, The puck will drop a little bit later than usual. It will drop at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So like I said, a lot to do here, and I want to start with a couple other thoughts from the game uh, that happened last night. And, you know, we talked about Artemi Panarin a little bit in yesterday's episode, but uh, he looked really good yesterday, and I I think he probably uh, alleviated any concerns that any Ranger fans might have had with, you know, how he played in the playoffs last year. You know, there were times where he really struggled. Uh, He admitted during uh, an interview this preseason that, you know, he he struggled with his confidence a little bit at times in the playoffs, and that's not something we're used to seeing from Artemi Panarin. But it looked like he was back to his old self. Uh, He had the primary assist on a power play goal by Mika Zibanejad. He had Kreider passing across the ice to Panarin, and then because it's Panarin, a lot of guys kind of gravitate toward him on the penalty kill, and he dishes back the other way to Mika. Mika winds back, blasts the one-timer, and scores. Uh, But Panarin, you know, beyond that, just a very strong night. He had a lot of good passes, seemed to be establishing some really nice chemistry with Vincent Trocek. Uh, Obviously, Vitaly Kravtsov was injured. That resulted in the Rangers then placing Alexi Lafreniere on the Panarin line on the right wing. And uh, I thought the two of them looked pretty good together as well. So uh, overall, you know, just a solid night. And, you know, Panarin, it's he had that quote where he was talking about, you know, he doesn't want to get in trouble by doing fancy bleep, right? And I get that to an extent, you know, you have to play within your team system. But by that same token, you know, Artemi Panarin is a special talent. And I think for a player like that, as long as they're not, you know, putting you in harm's way. They're not making plays where there's odd man rushes going the opposite way. You got to let uh, the artist be an artist, so to speak. And uh, Panarin at times, you know, I think he can uh, he can hang onto the puck a little bit longer and try to create some things. If he wants to go east and west on the blue line and, and you know, look for passing lanes that we don't think are there, uh, it's okay because it's Artemi Panarin. And uh, a lot of times, you know, some of the things that make Artemi Panarin great are his ability to essentially improvise and and 
again, find passing lanes that uh, the rest of us don't even realize exist. So, uh, like I said, I, I was really encouraged by the performance uh, from Artemi Panarin last night. Looked like he was kind of back to being his old self. There was also a play uh, that I have to mention that was made by Jacob Truba that I thought was absolutely huge in this game. And, you know, great that he did this on the uh, his first game as the new captain of the New York Rangers. That was really cool. Uh, but essentially what happened was uh, there was a breakaway, or what was going to be a breakaway, behind the Ranger defense. I want to say it was point, it's either point or Stamkos, but uh, one of the, 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 the big guns on the Tampa Bay Lightning got in behind the defense. And Truba's not really known for his speed, but man, did he close fast here. You know, he got back in a hurry, uh, knocked the puck away, and um, whichever player it was, I'm sorry, I don't have my game notes in front of me, but whoever it was, uh, was not able to you know, even get a shot away. So that was a huge play by Truba. And again, the Rangers were only up 2-1 to one at that time. And as I mentioned in yesterday's episode, the Rangers were pretty much dominating that game to the point that you felt as a fan that they should be up by more than 2-1. to one. And so, you know, if there's a breakaway there and there's a goal scored by Tampa, I mean, that's a little bit of a gut punch because we would have been tied with them with, you know, a couple of minutes remaining, uh, but a big-time play by Jacob Truba there. And I also have to call attention to this while we're talking about Jacob Truba. There was a video that the Rangers posted on their... Twitter page where, you know, the, the Rangers have that tradition where they, they give the Broadway hat to the best player of the game. And, you know, given that Truba's the captain, it was his choice. You know, who am I going to give this hat to? And uh, naturally, he picked Mika Zibanejad. Uh, Truba was great. You know, he was addressing the team afterward and just said, you know what, guys, if, if we play 82 games like that, we're going to be all right. And uh, he's absolutely right. If the Rangers play anything like that for all 82 games, they're going to be one of the best teams in this league. Um, but he gave the hat to Mika. And you could see Mika... You know, he took the hat, he was smiling, and, you know, high-five Truba and everything, uh, but he was sitting there, or he was standing there, and, and Kaka was there, and I think Lafreniere was there, they were both sitting down, and you could see Mika saying something to the two of them, and then uh, he actually said, you know what, uh, Jacob, I gotta give this hat back to you, it's your first game as captain, and your first win as captain, so uh, that was really cool, he gave it back to Truba, they hugged and everything, and just a really cool moment. Um, team chemistry matters, I tweeted that out a little bit earlier today, uh, it's always important, these you know, analytics, they have their place. Analytics don't take into account things like, uh, you know, teams that have players that all have each other's backs out there. And I think it's true in any sport, uh, maybe even more so for hockey than some others. But, you know, it, it comes in handy. You know, that's why the Rangers in the first two rounds of the playoffs last year were able to go 5-0 and when facing elimination because these guys have each other's back, they care about each other, and they play hard for each other. And you can see that. If you don't see that, you're blind. I can't help you. Um, so, yeah, that was obviously a cool moment. And then I wanted to also just kind of address, like, you know, obviously it was a great win last night, and um, us Ranger fans, I include myself in this, there are times where we tend to maybe overreact to certain things and overdo it, and, you know, last night, if they would have lost that game, oh, man, it's a disaster, why'd they do this in the offseason, why'd they do that in the offseason, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and if they win, it's like, oh, man, Stanley Cup, we're, we're winning it all, so it would have been one extreme or the other, but the Raiders really did play great last night, but I, I asked myself today, you know, looking back at the game, was there anything that I missed that was maybe not so good, something that could even be uh, construed as a negative? No, not really. I mean, a couple of things you might worry about coming into the game, like, you know, the third defense pairing, are these guys going to hold up? Braden Schneider's still pretty inexperienced. Same thing for Zach Jones. I thought they clicked and looked good out there together. And, um, you know, that was obviously a positive. Uh, something else that you kind of worry about a little bit is do the Rangers have the depth? Because we talked about how much... Uh, those players that turned out to be rentals for the Rangers, how much they helped last season, and all those guys are gone now. So you do worry a little bit about the depth, um, but 
you look at the Rangers last night, man, all four lines basically went out there and killed it. I thought every line played great. Um, we will see about the scoring depth. That still gives me a little bit of concern, and I'll feel better about it if, if the kids deliver and they contribute offensively. I, I think, you know, it's a minor concern going forward, but uh, not, nothing too panic-worthy uh, this early in the season. Um, and then, you know, another thing, is there going to be chemistry between Panarin and Trocek? I realize they didn't link up for any goals, um, but they looked a lot better. Like I said, a couple of good passes between the two of them, setting each other up for some good looks at the net. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, if there could be a third assist on a goal, uh, Trocek would have gotten it on the one that was scored by Mika Zibanejad that was on the power play. You know, Trocek kind of got the puck loose along the boards, got it to Kreider, Kreider to Panarin, Panarin to Mika. Mika scores the goal on the one-timer. And then the only other thing is like, you know, I think a lot of people are, you know, wondering, like, are we going to get more out of Kako and Lafreniere this year? And I thought both those game, both those guys, excuse me, had really good games last night, especially Kako. He really stood out in a good way, uh, drew a couple of penalties, and was just a nightmare for the opposition to knock off the puck. And then one other thing that I want to address really quick, because it was uh, causing a little bit of a stir on social media. I didn't really weigh in at all last night. Um, the LED boards. You guys probably noticed this at some point during the game, but um, around the rink, you know, obviously we're used to seeing advertisements along the boards and they had that, but there were also portions of the boards. I think it was just certain sections where it was like an LED thing and, you know, the play would be happening and then there'd be an advertisement there. And then all of a sudden it would like scroll up and there'd be a new advertisement in its place. So that was weird. And at first I, I'll be honest, I didn't really notice it, but then I saw a couple of people talking about it online and then for like probably about 90 seconds, that was all I could see. Like, my eyes would not leave the boards because I was just so not used to seeing that. So it kind of distracted me for a little bit, but then I, I forgot about it quickly enough. Um, so I don't think it's going to be something that bothers me that much. I know some people are upset about it. I, I will say, though, for the players, I would think it would be pretty weird because, you know, you guys watch the NHL just like I do. You know everything's moving a million miles an hour out there. You know that a big part of this game, especially for the skilled players, is your ability to use your vision to your advantage. You know, we talked about how good Artemi Panarin is at finding passing lanes, and maybe a lot of the players won't notice it at all, but I don't know, man. If, if I'm out there and it's like a Stanley Cup playoff game and I'm trying to make a, a crisp pass to my teammate who's going to be open for like a fraction of a second and I have to get it there, and you've got like these LED, these bright LED boards with advertisements scrolling up and down, I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it could kind of, I, I could see where it might get in your field of vision and it might throw you off a little bit, so um, I, I kind of feel for the players on it more so than us watching it, but uh it's also entirely possible that I'm making a big deal about nothing here. And the LED board's a little weird, a little distracting. I think in time here, we're probably not even going to notice or care about them. So uh, we will see there. But uh, we're going to keep going here. I, I got to talk about uh, Jared Tenorti and Julian Gauthier each being placed on waivers by the New York Rangers. And of course, Tenorti was claimed. Julian Gauthier was not. We will talk about uh, each of those players in just a second. But first, I just got to let you guys know Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, 
where the game starts. And I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so like I said, we're going to go ahead and uh, basically just keep rolling along here and talk about uh, Jared Tenorti and Julian Gauthier both being placed on waivers. And we'll start with Tenorti since, you know, he was the player that was claimed. Uh, you know, the Rangers, this past offseason, not the one that just happened the year before, uh, they were on this crusade. You guys know the drill by now. They want to get bigger, tougher, add more snarl, add more grit, uh, tougher to play against. Use whatever phrase or adjective or whatever that you want to use. But you get the idea. They, they want to get bigger. They wanted to improve their size and you know just be able to go toe-to-toe with teams around this league from a physical standpoint. And part of their crusade to do so was signing defenseman Jared Tenorti to a two-year deal worth 900k per season. Jared Tenorti stands six foot six and 230 pounds, so he certainly qualifies there. Only ended up playing in seven games with the Rangers this past season. Had one goal. Uh, also played 32 games with the Hartford Wolfpack. One goal and four assists. Uh, Tenorti now 30 years old. He's only played 109 career NHL games, despite being a former first-round pick by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, it was interesting because he actually started on opening night last year for the New York Rangers. Some people might not remember that, but they were playing the Capitals, everything that had happened with Tom Wilson the season before that. They were maybe expecting some some issues, and I don't think they wanted Nils Lundqvist for that to be his first game, uh, this game that might be completely out of control. As it turns out, nothing really happened, uh, but they had Jared Tenorti out there just in case. Um, you know, small sample size with the Rangers, and, and it's somewhat unfair to completely judge somebody on just seven games, but from what I saw... I was not all that impressed with Jared Tenorti, and he's somebody that over time here, over the season last year, and certainly going into this year, has essentially just tumbled down the pecking order in terms of the Ranger defensemen. I mean, I can't even imagine how many guys would have to be injured before they even really gave a lot of consideration to, to even playing Jared Tenorti. Obviously, they placed him on waivers with the idea of reassigning him to Hartford. That doesn't happen because the Blackhawks claimed him, but yeah, I, I just... I mean, there wasn't much of a role for Jared Tenorti on this team going forward, uh, especially when you consider all the young defensemen, uh, the ones, first of all, who are already playing on the Rangers and those that are kind of waiting in the wings, so to speak. Um, I will say, I think it was kind of strange that the Blackhawks used a waiver claim on Jared Tenorti. I mean, from what I understand, the Blackhawks are not really expected to be that good this season, and they're kind of in the middle of a rebuild right now. Uh, maybe they're just that desperate for help on the blue line that okay, let's claim Jared Tenorti and, you know, we just need some warm bodies that we can throw out there on any given night. Or maybe, I, I didn't even think about this until just now, but maybe it's, it's part of the tanking. That's so mean. I'm sorry. I I shouldn't be this mean, but maybe it's part of their idea that, you know, we're, we're trying to tank this season and, uh, you know, that they want the best chance possible to get the number one pick next season. I don't know for sure. Uh, we will see. I don't know what the Blackhawks are thinking, but again, just a very strange fit here. And I must point this out as well, because I looked at, you know, it's just one website, but I looked at a depth chart for the Blackhawks, and they currently have Jared Tenorti penciled in as the second pairing left defenseman. So yes, Jared Tenorti, if this website is to be believed, will be the, uh, he will be in the top four for the Chicago Blackhawks. And I also have to point out the fact that uh, he's going to play alongside Connor Murphy. And guess who is on the top line on the left side? That would be Ranger legend Jack Johnson, and uh, he's out there with Seth Jones, and Jones is a good player, but also probably one of the more overpaid players in the league. I don't think it's unfair to say that, but you know what, man? Uh, Jared Tonnery wasn't here for that long. All the best to him. Um, we'll, we'll see if he can uh, if he can you know make some kind of an impact with the Blackhawks. 
Uh, obviously, I don't think there are too many teams in this league that would throw him into a top four role. The Blackhawks apparently are one of them. So uh, from his perspective, that might not be a bad landing place. You know, if he's looking to, I mean, A, just be on an NHL roster and B, get as much ice time as possible. And it's also possible that maybe the Blackhawks figure, well, you know, we can just flip him for a draft pick at the deadline. But I mean, you're not going to get that much for Tenori, I wouldn't think. Um, we will see there. As for Julian Gauthier, uh, he clears waivers. And so basically the exact opposite of what a lot of us were thinking could happen is what ends up happening here. Because when they were both placed on waivers, I think the prevailing thought is, okay, nobody's going to claim Jared Tenorti. Julian Gauthier, eh, it could go either way. You know, kind of a 50-50 situation. Uh, he's young enough and, you know, seemingly has at least some upside remaining. And, you know, maybe one of these teams is kind of down in the dumps right now. You take a chance on Julian Gauthier, especially when you consider that he's an impending RFA and that he's only making 800K this season. So, uh, you know, it was believable that somebody might claim him. It doesn't end up happening. And he now heads to the Hartford Wolfpack. Gauthier, 96 career NHL games, only five goals and 13 assists. Uh, he played a career high 49 games with the Rangers last year, uh, only turned it into seven points. And, you know, he was on the bottom six, but to move into the top six, you know, you got to show a little bit more than I think Gautier has typically shown with the New York Rangers. Um, and it's worth pointing out as well, you know, while we're on the subject of him going to the Wolfpack, the Wolfpack start their season uh, this Friday. They are at the Charlotte Checkers. That game starts at 7 p.m. And they then play the Charlotte Checkers the following day at 6 p.m. So seems like Julian Gautier is going to be uh, a part of that. And I'm curious to see how the Wolfpack chooses to deploy Gautier. Is there a situation here? Like, does he go onto the top line there? Because, well, this is the NHL guy, and he's got some NHL experience, and, you know, we got to keep him sharp if the Rangers want to call him back up. Or does the Wolfpack kind of prioritize some of the other younger guys, the guys that, you know, they're trying to, to get ready for an NHL career? I mean, I know the NHL and AHL, they're not always completely in lockstep, and, you know, the Wolfpack, they're going to do whatever they're going to do here. But it is curious to, to kind of Wonder, you know, exactly how they'll deploy Julian Gauthier uh, now that he's joining their team there. And I will say, you know, this could be what Julian Gauthier needs because as we've discussed in the past, uh, he has produced offensively at least somewhat in the AHL in seasons past. And, you know, I got to say, Julian Gauthier is probably not very happy about this. You know, he requested a trade from the Rangers in the preseason. He obviously did not get it. And now he's not even on an NHL roster. He has back to the AHL. Um, but as I just mentioned a second ago, he has produced at least somewhat in the AHL, 188 career AHL games, 69 goals, 34 assists. So that's 103 points in 188 games. And uh, the goals are what really stand out. And basically, he's scoring a goal once every two and a half games or so in the AHL. So that's not bad at all. And uh, maybe there's a way for Julian Gauthier to rediscover the scoring touch here. And, uh, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed that maybe he's not a lost cause after all. And uh, maybe at some point he's back up with the Rangers. And at some point he's uh, contributing to this team. Uh, it's also worth pointing out that for Gauthier, this will be his first AHL game since the 2019-2020 season. Uh, he was a member of the Charlotte Checkers at that time, the AHL affiliate of the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, so he goes back to the AHL. It's been a while for him. But again, hopefully he can kind of rediscover his game, maybe rediscover his confidence a little bit, and hopefully rediscover uh, that, that scoring touch there. Um, the other thing I want to mention about the AHL I got an email earlier today, and I didn't really have time to look at it all that closely, but I think that the AHL is going to, uh, AHL TV is going to essentially make all games free 
over the weekend here, the first weekend of the season. So you can go there, uh, create an account, and watch the AHL. So uh, the Wolfpack, you know, let's see, they play, yeah, Friday and Saturday, as I mentioned. And, um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll tune in for a couple of those games, and we'll talk a little bit about the, about the Wolfpack at some point here. Um, yeah, should be a good time. Uh, might be nice to see how, you know, the Wolfpack fares in the first two games of the season here. But as far as, you know, just kind of putting a bow on this whole Tenorti and Gautier situation, again, it was the exact opposite of what we thought was going to happen, but I'll take this. You know, Jared Tenorti being claimed, that doesn't bother me at all. I don't think he had any role with the Rangers whatsoever going forward. He's also an impending UFA. Julian Gauthier, I mean, hey, you never know. Maybe things can still work out, and maybe him going to the AHL, uh, once again, is exactly what he needs to rediscover his game a little bit, and maybe he comes back up at some point this season and contributes to the Rangers. Uh, stranger things have certainly happened. Um, but yeah, I figure uh, in just a second what we'll do is we're going to take a look ahead to... Uh, these next two games, specifically the game against the Minnesota Wild, the Rangers have their road opener against the Wild on Thursday night at 8 p.m. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, we'll do that in just a second. All right, so like I said, the uh, Rangers have a date with the Minnesota Wild uh, that will be happening on Thursday night at 8 p.m. And I uh, want to go ahead and um, let's see if we can do this here. I'm going to Share the uh, the line combinations here. Just give me a second to pull this up for those of you watching on YouTube. Yeah, there you go. So that was uh, a little bit earlier today on uh, on Wednesday here. This is Thursday's episode, but we're looking at this on Wednesday. The, the line combinations at practice because, you know, Vitaly Krasov, it sounds like, uh, will not be available for the Rangers for either of these next two games. So they have to plan for life without Krasov for at least the next two here. And uh, the Rangers rolling with the top line of Mika, Kreider, and Kako. There's no reason to make any changes there. They go with a second line of Trocek centering Panarin and Lafreniere, which is what we saw at the end of um, you know this, this most recent game that concluded here against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it makes sense to go with that, like seeing Lafreniere in the top six. You've got a third line of Philip Heedle centering Jimmy Vesey on the left wing, Barclay Goodrow on the right wing. And I got to say, I kind of feel for Philip Heedle. I, I think, you know... Of all the players, he probably comes out of all these changes here as the biggest loser. Not that, you know, he can't do anything with VZ and Goodrow, and, you know, I respect those players, and they bring good things to the table, but he went from being part of the uh, heralded kid line to going with two guys who were typically in the bottom six and not really known as offensive juggernauts. So I do feel for Hedl, uh, at least a little bit there, lost both of his uh, his fellow kids on the kid line. And then the fourth line, uh, Carpenter at center, Reeves on the right wing, just like they were on opening night. And you've got uh, Dryden Hunt skating on the fourth line on the left wing. And he was a healthy scratch on opening night. But assuming they will be without Vitaly Krasov, which certainly seems like it will be the case, uh, you can expect to see Dryden Hunt slot in there for the Rangers. And then Sammy Blay was in a non-contact jersey. Uh, my understanding that he's still considered day-to-day. We'll see uh, when he can make his season debut. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention about Vitaly Krasov real quick, though. You know, I saw some people on uh, on Twitter saying, oh man, Krasov is soft and this, that, and the other thing. Look, he got, it was a weird play. He was down on the ice on one knee. He got Victor Hedman driving his knee into his chest, basically. And then for some reason, again, you know, pushing down on the back of his head with his hand. And people are saying that Krasov is soft. I think a lot of different players probably would have got hurt on that play. It was just an awkward, strange play, something that you really don't see all that often. Not quite like that anyway. Um, So I feel for Vitaly Krasov, you know, obviously out with an injury, and if you want to be, like, constructively critical of Vitaly Krausov, then that's okay. You know, I saw some people saying, you know, he's got to hit the gym a little more. He's got to add some muscle. 
fair critique. I mean, I would probably even agree with that, but I, I don't think that had anything to do with him getting hurt here. It was just a very strange play, and um, again, just just a weird play by Victor Hedman, too, which not known as a dirty player, so I'll, I'll stop short of calling him that, but yeah, weird that he would just like push down on the back of his head. I, I really, as I mentioned last night, I'm not sure what that was about, but as for the Minnesota Wild, it's going to be a good early season test here for the New York Rangers. Uh, the Wild had a good season last year. They were a playoff team. They finished second in the uh, Central Division, only to the Colorado Avalanche. They then lost in six games to the St. Louis Blues in the first round of the playoffs. But they are a good team, and they went 2-0 and against the Rangers this past season. Uh, you guys will probably remember one of the games pretty vividly because it was Henrik Lundqvist night inside Madison Square Garden. The Rangers got up 2 to nothing in that game. Wild ended up, you know, rallying. They go up three to two. It looked like the Rangers had the game tying goal with just a couple seconds left, and it was waved off in controversial fashion. So that was unfortunate. And then uh, they also lost in Minnesota a couple of months later uh, last season. They lost five to two. Alex Georgiev started in net in that game. But it's going to be a good test. And, and part of the reason also why I think it's going to be a good test is this will be Minnesota's first game of the season. It's the home opener. Uh, you know, you guys are very well aware of the fact that uh, Minnesotians tend to eat, sleep, and breathe hockey, and they, they love their Minnesota Wild. And, I mean, any any uh, fan base is going to be pretty excited about the home opener, but I think that probably goes double. You can expect a pretty electric environment there. And so the Rangers are going to have their work cut out for them. Uh, that is for sure. And, you know, they're going to be going up against uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, it would seem. You know, you got that top line with uh, Kaprizov and our old buddy Mika Zibanejad. So uh, it's going to be an interesting game for sure. I'm also very curious to see how the Rangers deploy their goalies over this two-game set here because, like I said in the intro, they're going to be at Minnesota on Thursday. Then they're going to be at Winnipeg on Friday. We know that Gallant doesn't like to use, you know, Igor both games of a back-to-back. -back. I don't think he did it a single time last season, uh, at least not in the regular season. And so I would imagine we'll see Yaroslav Halak make his season debut, his Ranger debut, in one of these two games here. I would think that since it's early in the season and, you know, Igor was great on opening night, there's not really any need to give him uh, a night off all that soon. So I would think he would probably play the first game of these two games in the back-to-back. -back. Also, Minnesota, I would say, is probably the better team. So you probably want your your top goalie out there. And then the next night, you go with Yaroslav Halak, and he makes his debut against the Jets. I mean, there's always like, you know, the, the other side of what I just said there is that, you know, you could save Igor Shesterkin for the weaker of the two opponents, and then you really like your chances to win. But you know what, man? We're the New York Rangers. We're one of the best teams in the league. I, I think that was on display last night. I think that was on display last season as well. Go out there and go toe-to-toe -to -toe, uh, with the uh, with the Minnesota Wild, a very good team. They're going to go with their goalie. Obviously, Fleury's going to be in net. So, yeah, Igor versus Fleury. Go get it. Go get another win. And then uh, Halak can play in the, uh, the second game against the Jets. One other thing that I would also mention here that I think could happen, and I got to say I don't hate the idea of this. I think maybe, probably in the game against the Jets, it wouldn't be such a bad idea to give Libor Hayek a game, and I, I know some people are not going to be happy about that, but just hear me out. Um, you know, you're not going to get through the entire season, all 82 games and however many playoff games, with the same six defensemen. So I like the idea of giving Hayek a game early in the season, just kind of get his feet wet, get into the season a little bit. I'd rather him sub into a game here, and maybe just the odd game every once in a blue moon, than... You know, he has to make his his season debut in a heated game against the Pittsburgh Penguins when first place in the division is on the line. I'd rather just let him get out there and get a game under his belt. Uh, we'll see if the Rangers choose to do that. If they do give Hayek a game, it's probably going to be Zach Jones that comes out. He's the least established of these six Ranger defensemen. And so it would probably, 
it, they both play the left side as well, and it would probably be him being the odd man out, but we will see there. Um, and yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much it for today, guys. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing the Rangers back in action because um, it's just been, uh, it's, it was a long off season. I think a lot of us were pretty much raring to go, uh, you know, for the New York Rangers season this year, especially after the success that this team enjoyed last season. And so, yeah, definitely looking forward to the next one. In our next episode, it'll be the fifth and final episode of the week for Locked On New York Rangers. And we will discuss, uh, whatever happens between the Rangers and Wild, uh, going to be, like I said, a really good test for this Ranger team and definitely looking forward to that. And hopefully they can just build on what they did on opening night. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts.